extend a welcome to you this morning. I was thinking as we were discussing the Sunday School lesson, you know, isn't it interesting that, that God didn't create us with eyes all the way around our heads or the ability to see 360 degrees? He created us with uh, blind spots, and we need to depend on each other for seeing those blind spots. And that's what our lesson was about, really, using others to show us the things we don't see in our own lives, and uh, so it's challenging. I already introduced my message this morning in the Sunday School lesson, so I invite you to turn in your Bibles to Hebrews, trap, Hebrews chapter 11. And uh, as we were talking about relationships, I, and as I preached the last time, I looked at the experiences of God and Moses, his relationship, the relationship that that I think in, a, in an Old Testament setting is is uh, one to be admired, one to be, uh, you know, the relationship that Moses and God had is, is something uh, that I, I covet. And as I thought about in that in the two weeks that has transpired here from when I preached till this morning, I was challenged with that relationship. And I, I my title, my meditation this morning is Relationship with God and primarily some lessons I like to draw from from Moses. And how did he have that relationship? And is it possible for you and I in, in the 21st century in America today to have a similar relationship? And uh, I was reading, doing some reading, and I came across some uh, interest, came across an interesting, interesting quote by Theodore Yap in his book *Moses: God Prepares His Man*. Three thoughts to challenge your thinking initially here: to know the will of God is the greatest knowledge; to find the will of God is the greatest discovery to do the will of God is the greatest achievement and we measure our lives by those three things understanding God's will finding God's will and then following through in obedience to God's will is what's going to bring a relationship to God that is going to be sustaining for you and I and it's going to give us fulfillment in our life here today and I think Moses uh experienced that. Moses lived that out, fleshed those three things out. He he understood what God's will he understood what God's will was to a to a certain degree. Uh, you know, there was a learning curve there for him. You know, Moses' life could be divided up into into three sections, you know, in forty year sections. That first forty years was as God prepared him, and the second forty years when he continued to prepare him beyond in the backside of the Sinai Desert, and then the last 40 years where God actually manifested all that training that God had prepared him for. So it was uh, a process, but uh, and once God revealed his will through Moses to the people, you know, initially Moses thought, he, he understood, I believe, that God wanted to use him. And he came to his people, and his people rejected him. And uh, the frustration, and that's when God sent him to the backside of the Sinai Desert there and uh, spent 40 years there in, in, in learning to know and understand more about God. And, and, you know, this program is about God, not about what I can do. And when Moses understood that, it took 40 years. Uh, you know, I don't know what kind of degree that was and what you want title you want to put on that degree, but it's, it certainly was a powerful degree, and it, it achieved God's purposes. And uh, now I know we don't have a heart in 20 years like I mentioned the last time. Probably most of us won't have a heart in 20 years to accomplish that. Too soon old and too late smart, I guess. But pray that God would uh, work his will in our lives. So looking at Hebrews chapter 11, I'd like to read verses 23 through 29, which is a summary of of uh, the Hebrew writer's expression of, of how Moses experienced 
his relationship with God. Hebrews 11, verse 23. By faith, Moses, when he was born, was hid three months of his parents because they saw he was a proper child, and they were not afraid of the king's commandment. By faith, Moses, when he was come to years, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season, esteeming the reproaches of Christ greater riches than the treasures in Egypt, for he had respect under the recompense of the reward. By faith he forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king, for he endured as seeing him who is invisible. Through faith he kept the Passover and the sprinkling, and the sprinkling of blood, lest he that destroyed the firstborn should touch them. By faith they passed through the Red Sea as by dry land, which the Egyptians essayed to do were drowned. So a number of things I want to pick out of these verses here in, in, in Moses and God's relationship. And the first one I see in verse 23 that stood out to me is the fact that, that Moses was born. Each one of us here this morning were born. And Moses was born on time. He was born for a purpose. Each one of us here this morning are born for a specific time and application. There's not a one of us, I believe, are here this morning uh, without a purpose and a plan that God wants to work and bring to fruitation in our lives. Beyond that, he was born to the right set of parents. And I, I see I see that expression there. For, uh, he was uh, hid three months of his parents because they saw he was a proper child and they were not afraid of the king's command. So he was born to parents that the right set of parents that brought, that, that saw that his life was preserved and they had, they didn't respond in fear to the king's command. You know, if God is the giver, think about the aspect of being born this morning. If God is the giver of life, can anyone say they were born at the wrong time or to the wrong parents or in the wrong set of ex- experiences or circumstances? Can anyone ultimately say that? There are some unfortunate circumstances. There are some unfortunate homes. Don't get me wrong. But on the other hand, I know that who God is, and God has a plan, and God has a purpose. And God can bring glory and honor through even some of the most honorable things. The other thing that stood out was they were not afraid. And I, I see that as, 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 a, as a, uh, a comparison. They expressed faith in comparison to the fear that Pharaoh was breathing out to the children of Israel. Fear and faith produces opposite results and actions. Faith and fear. And we see that expressed in Moses' parents. Faith produced a result that was uh, a blessing to God's people and a blessing to God's work, a blessing to God's uh, kingdom. And uh, fear, of course, would have produced the opposite. Moses' life would have been cut off short. But God had a plan. God had a purpose. And he saw that it was uh, brought and uh, to the end that he wanted to. And we can have that confidence this morning that God will bring his purposes in our life for his intended use. And we can rejoice in that. That doesn't mean we'll live to be 120 years. It might, our span might only be 40 years. God can use those 40 years to the max if we've lived them for his glory. If we've lived them out in faith. If you have lived 40 years in faith and God is done with your work here, that, that's, that's your achievement. And maybe it's less than that. Maybe it's only 10 years. Maybe it's only 20 years. And I thought of, uh, 
Dawn and Ellis's granddaughter, Pearl, you know, that was, that was cut off short, right? No, no life at all. But it had a purpose and a plan. We don't fully understand that. But yet, God is, is perfect. His ways are perfect. In verse 24, notice it says, By faith Moses, when he was come to years. I believe as we build our relationship with God, there's a track record or accumulated evidence um, to support and strengthen our faith. And I like the way the Hebrew writer puts it. He says uh, in verse 24, he was come to years. So as we grow and as we mature in our relationship with God, I believe there's a time as we, as, as our relationship matures with God, and uh, I believe there's a track record that is developed. There's evidence given to support and strengthen that relationship. As I, I thought about Moses, you know, what was the track record? So I'm supposing his parents probably told him about being hidden in the bulrushes and being found by the princess. You know, all that story was told to him. And as, as, as his parents nursed him and raised him to whatever years it was, I'm not certain how old he was till he was discharged from his his biological parents into the courts of Pharaoh's daughter. Where, when that, but you know, they had, they had laid a solid foundation that sustained him, uh, so that when he came to years, he could make a choice that was, was right. Um, you know, I, I thought of Moses, you know, what, what's the thought process that went through his mind? And I, I get myself in trouble sometimes when I think too much, but you know, Joseph could have looked back and, and looked at Joseph. You know, here was Joseph who had somewhat similar, uh, experience. You know, he was mistreated by his brothers and, and dropped in the well and sold to the Ishmaelites and taken off there. And then God miraculously raised him up as a prime minister there in Egypt to provide for his people. You know, Moses could have, if he'd have been thinking about that, he could say, you know, hey, this might be alright if I'm, in this position, maybe God's going to use me as Pharaoh to deliver his people. And I wonder if those thoughts may not have been going through Pharaoh's, I mean, through Moses' mind. I don't know. When he came up to the, uh, his brethren that were striving there and slew the Egyptian. I don't know. That, we see an example of um, perhaps Moses taking things in his own hands there at that time. And, you know, we're, we're prone to do that ourselves. We, we want to do things in our timing and when it's convenient for us. And I, I don't know. Again, I'm, like I said, I, I'm, I sometimes get myself in trouble when I, I think, uh, try and rationalize things. But uh, history does tell us that it, probably at least twice Moses could have ascended to the throne of Pharaoh. He would have had that opportunity. I think it's uh, historians would say, maybe it's Josephus says probably at 20, and I believe maybe at, uh, I believe it's 25. I didn't write those dates down. Fairly young, really. Uh, he would have had the opportunity to, as as the uh, daughter or as the uh, adopted son of Pharaoh's daughter, he could have ascended to the throne of Pharaoh. Had that opportunity, and when the third opportunity came, he never he, he was done with it. He was he was out of there. And uh, but you know, I, I guess I was challenged as I thought about Moses. Um, you know, I don't believe Moses totally understood. God's plan for the deliverance of God's people out of Egypt. I don't, I don't think he totally understood it. But I think what he understood was that, was the past. He knew what had happened up to this point. You know, the past is easy to understand to a certain degree, isn't it? We know what happened. The facts are there. They're laid out before us. But I believe what, what carried him through that and, and beyond that was his relationship with God. 
and recognizing that God has a plan and a purpose, even though he did not fully understand it. And that's, I think, what's so true for us is we need to, we need to take that same position. There's so many things in my life. There's probably things in your life, too. Unless you've got your things down, you know, A to Z, and you know exactly what's going to happen, then I'm different than you. But uh, the, the fact of the matter is that we serve the God of, of the future. And, uh, you know, we give him... We give him our obedience one day at a time. We serve him. We build that relationship. We look at the past. We see his faithfulness. We see, and there's times Moses got some things wrong. I get some things wrong. We all get some things wrong. David gets some things wrong. But, you know, it, it's how we respond to those things that we get wrong. And we realize and, and we need the graciousness, the forgiveness of God. And the key is we don't, God doesn't... In- God doesn't want us to understand everything about the future, I, I believe. If he would have, he would have told us plainly. God is blessed, I believe, when we exhibit faith and trust in him as we move into the future. He is the God of the future. Let's, let's recognize him as that. So as Moses didn't understand everything in detail about God's plan for him delivering the children of Israel, but I think his relationship with God and he understood God as the God who had a plan for their future. And he was simply going to be that vessel in whatever way God could use him. And that's a challenge to me as I, I think of my future ahead. What, what, what's in store for me? Uh, although I've lived probably the greater portion of my life, yet I believe that my life is in God's hands and I want to trust the future to him. So as Moses in verse 24, he came to years, and uh, it's a place. It's a it's a place we all come to in building a relationship with God. We come to years, and we need to, and it moves into the third point there in verse 25, choosing rather. So when he came to years, he had to make some choices, and uh, choosing in a relationship. If you and I are serious about our relationship with God, there will be choices. There will be choices to make. Uh, Moses had to make them. Uh, Think of the think of the choices that Moses made, you know, denying self, comfort, prestige, name, position. What choices will you and I face in our life? Um, there will be multiple choices. First of all, I think we can see as we look at at Moses' example here. I think we will will always be safe if we don't make any room for self, comfort, prestige, name, position. We can we can bank on that. You'll, you'll never go wrong by not making any room for self, comfort, prestige, name, and position. And then the second thing that I see in, in Moses as he, as he made choices was that he, he looked at choices not only in time, but in eternity. He looked at beyond. And again, we, we sometimes, we falter when we want to look beyond because our vision is not far enough. But pray that God would give us the vision to see beyond. There's, there's many things we have questions about and, and we don't know the end of all things, but God does. And we can pray to him to give us the wisdom to choose and make decisions that will end us in the right and in the future. Look at choices not only in time, but in eternity. And that's what Moses choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. He understood that that was just a, a passing period of time. And he was at the wisdom from God in his relationship with him to realize that 
there is something more than what Egypt had to offer. The third thing, I think we need to develop a keen sense of God's timing and purpose. Uh, I think Moses realized this. God had took him from Pharaoh. He took him from the courts of Pharaoh to shepherding in the desert for 40 years. And, uh, you know, Moses could have resented that. Moses could have rejected that. Uh, but, you know, I'm blessed as I think of Moses' experience. Coming from the courts of Pharaoh, you know, all the amenities, all the all the extravagance, and I don't know, I haven't studied that. I don't know what kinds of extravagance uh, was there, but it, it was probably, it was, it was the world, you know, it was probably the world political center of, of that time. And, uh, you know, to, to walk away from that and to let God use him as a shepherd in the backside of the Sinai Desert for 40 years. And, you know, that was the lowest despicable job of, of time. There's a verse in the scripture, and I didn't record it down, but it says, uh, in, in Egypt, shepherds were despicable. They were, they were just as nobody. And here was, here was Pharaoh going from here to there by his choices. Would you and I have the, the foresight, the knowledge, the faith, the strength to develop that kind of a choice? That's a challenge. Developing a keen sense of God's timing and purpose. And again, I don't know that Moses totally understood it, but he made it, he made it productive. I believe if we could, we meet Moses somewhere and we ask him, what were those 40 years like? I have an idea he gives a thumbs up on it. You know, it's probably the, way better than what he experienced on, in the courts of Pharaoh. Verse 26. Esteeming the reproaches of Christ greater riches than the treasures of Egypt, for he had respect unto the recompense of the reward. And the word I want to pick out there is respect unto the recompense. You know, it, it sounds almost like scripture relating to, to our Lord, uh, as he faced Calvary. You know, you think of the contempt, you think of the scorn, you think of the mockery. And I don't know what all Moses encountered when he made his choices to go from the courts of Pharaoh. How long he hung around, or did he hear the taunting? Did he hear the, have you lost your mind? You know, the opportunity that is here. But he, it, it tells us that he clearly had respect unto the recompense of the reward. And that tells me what he was focusing on. Uh, you know, the only thing that mattered was his relationship to God. What is your relationship to God worth this morning to you? Are you willing to make choices on that premises for the respect unto the recompense of the reward? God is a, is a deliverer. He'll, he'll be true. He'll be dependable. We can find, uh, comfort and strength in, in knowing that He is there for us. And, uh, we look at what Christ experienced for us on Calvary to make this relationship possible. You know, with, it's through His Son. That we can have this relationship with God, a true, pure, and holy God. It's because of the the scorn and the contempt that He faced and endured because of you and I this morning. And I ask you again, what is your relationship to God worth? Is it worth five minutes of sleep, ten minutes of sleep to spend time with Him? Uh, you know, we have our value system in our minds, in our lives. And, you know, it's, we have our priorities and, you know, it shows. And, uh, 
we choose, we prioritize what is important to us. How important is, is my relationship to God? It's a challenge that I ask myself. What is it worth? It's a relationship, and that goes back to what we were talking about in our Sunday school lesson. I think this is my, and I believe this is true, and I think the scripture would, would support me in this, that if, if our relationship with God is what it ought to be, I, I think then horizontal relationships, I'm not saying they'll be smooth, but they'll certainly, uh, they'll be workable. And, uh, I believe God can help us to experience that. If my relationship with God is, is what it ought to be. So I thought about the recompense of the reward. I thought of Second uh, Corinthians uh, chapter 12, uh, Paul's experience. And he I like the way he puts it. And I think he actually, Second uh, Corinthians 12, verses 7 through 11, he uses Moses here as an illustration, writing to the Corinthian church. Second Corinthians 12, verse 7 And lest I should be exalted above measure through the abundance of the revelations that were given to me, a thorn in the flesh, the messenger of Satan to buffet me, lest I should be exalted above measure. For this thing I besought the Lord thrice, that it might depart from me. And he said unto me, My grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities, that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Therefore I take pleasure in infirmities, in reproaches, in necessities, in persecutions, in distresses for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then am I strong. I am become a fool in glorying. Ye have compelled me, for I ought to have been commended of you. For in nothing am I behind the very chiefest apostles, though I be nothing. And that's not the, uh, that's the verses I wanted, but I wanted to, uh, there's another example. That's in Second Corinthians chapter 3, and I'll get to that later where Paul actually does mention Moses. But uh, there Paul is saying, describes it, you know, what value do I place on my relationship with God? Can I endure those uh, thorns in the flesh? Do I recognize my dependence upon upon God? My grace is sufficient for thee. My strength is made perfect in weakness. Verse 27 by faith he forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king, for he endured as seeing him who is invisible. The truth that I see here in our relationship with God is that we can't have both friendship and relationship with God and Egypt, a type of the world. Um, you know, this Jesus in his Sermon on the Mount told us that. Ye cannot love God and mammon. We need to make that choice. Moses understood that. He said he forsook Egypt and he made his choice to follow the Lord. Someone has said it this way. He said if it were Moses versus Egypt, I'd say poor Moses. But if it were God in Moses, through Moses versus Egypt, then I would say poor Egypt. What makes the difference is our relationship and who we're representing. Am I representing my program? Am I representing my ideals? Or am I representing God and his plan and his purposes? And that makes all the difference. The psalmist in Psalm 77, verse 20. Let's turn back to that quickly. says it rather poignantly. And he's talking about Moses here, Psalm 77, verse 20. Thou leddest thy people like a flock by the hand of Moses and Aaron. And uh, 
the psalmist there is describing it. He says, Thou ledest thy people like a flock, like a shepherd, by the hand of Moses. Moses was that hand of God that led the people out of Egypt. Will my life, will your life be such as the hands of God, the feet of God leading and guiding? I was challenged as I read a story just recently, and I I don't remember where I read it, but uh, there was an incident that took place in Chicago O'Hare Airport where a group of businessmen were making a connecting flight in in Chicago, through Chicago rather, and they were late as often happens in making their connecting flight, and so they were tearing down the concourse and in their progress to make the catch the connecting flight they they uh, uh, derailed a, a a vendor that had some produce I think it was and upset the cart and whatever else she had there on display and the whole tribe of them continued on just to catch their flight at the last minute and there was one of the of the businessmen looked back and and was smitten by what had, had transpired what they were responsible for and so he turned and came back and helped her collect, it was a girl, helped her collect her things together and she was sobbing and crying and, and, uh, helped her get things back together. And as he was helping her there, he realized that she was blind. And, uh, so that smote him all the, all the worse. And uh, as he was collecting things together, he realized there was some of the products or produce that she was selling was damaged beyond saleable condition. So he collected them together and put them and set, set them back. And then as he was leaving, he pressed a $20 bill in her hand and uh, started to walk away. And as he was walking away, she called after him, and she said, well, is your name Jesus? And uh, he was smitten by that. He said, uh, you know, the rest of his uh, entourage had continued on and made their connecting flight. He missed his flight. But on the other hand, he was he was blessed to realize that it, it, it hit home to him to realize that what if he had not come back? And, uh, you know, in our hustle and our bustle, we sometimes get too busy and we don't take the time that we should am i at god's disposal to be a channel of his love you know moses had an extended period maybe you and i only have one opportunity how many opportunities do we have in our lives to show the love of christ start counting them looking at verse 28 through faith he kept the Passover and the sprinkling of blood, lest he that destroyed the firstborn should touch them. The word I want to pick out of that verse is the word kept. You know, you think of our relationship, you think of your relationship, it's something that's worth keeping. Uh, you know, in a relationship we need to know what to keep and what to let go of. And uh, that's the verses I want to read out of Second Corinthians chapter uh, 3 where Paul tells us there's some things we need to, to let go of. Second uh, Corinthians chapter 3, verses 13 through 18. And not as Moses, which put a veil over his face. Remember when he was on the mountain, he came down and was talking to the children of Israel there, and his face was shining so brightly that they couldn't stand it, so he had to put a veil over his face. Well, that's what it's talking about here. And it's not as Moses, which put a veil over his face, that the children of Israel could not steadfastly look to the end of that which is abolished. And it's talking about the law that was being abolished. But their minds were blinded, for until this day remaineth the same veil, untaken away in the reading of the Old Testament, which veil is done away in Christ. But even unto this day, when Moses is read, that veil is upon their hearts. Nevertheless, when it shall turn to the, when it shall turn to the Lord, the veil shall be taken away. Now the Lord is that Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. 
But we all, with open face beholding as in a glass, the glory of the Lord are changed into the same image from glory to glory, even as by the Spirit of the Lord. You know, our relationship is a, is a, is a spiritual relationship. You know, I don't see God here. And it talks about, the, one of the other verses talked about Moses choosing the invisible things. And uh, <clears throat> we have this description there in Second Corinthians chapter 3. Paul talking about, you know, they needed to let go of that Old Testament law. And God, Christ, had made that atonement and a sacrifice for us so that we can come boldly to the throne of grace and experience a, a, a more close and intimate relationship. Now, again, that's what challenges me about this relationship with Moses was that was Old Testament experience. And even though he had a had spirit of God to a certain degree, I, I don't know how that compares to what you and I experience today. Uh, to what level? I don't know. I can't answer that. We'll have to ask him about that sometime. But uh, Moses knew how important it was to keep the Passover. This was a life and death issue. And Moses was sure. Moses made sure. You know, talk about the timing. You know, here you are trying to get three million people out of Egypt and then say, okay, we've got to have this Passover before we leave. You know, talk about logistics. Where did all the sheep come from? I don't know. But uh, they got it done, and God preserved them. And it was the difference between life and death. And as they as they observed that Passover, and uh, Moses said, lest he that destroyed the firstborn should touch them. And, uh, you know, that relationship with God is, is something that is worth keeping. And keeping it what it ought to be. Verse 29, as by faith they passed through the Red Sea, continuing on with their story, by the dry land, through the Red Sea, as by dry land, which the Egyptians essayed to do, were drowned. So there we have another uh, comparison there in a relationship with God. You know, the, the Passover, this, the slaying of the firstborn after them. You know, our relationship with God will take us through rivers and seas. Uh, and I can't explain exactly how that will be. But, you know, I'm convinced if we're sloshing around in the mud, I know Minnesota has mud, but if we're sloshing around in the mud spiritually and maybe up to here, we feel like we're up to here, I'm not sure we're where we ought to be in our relationship with God. I believe if we're in our relationship where we ought to be with God, we'll pass through that Red Sea, Jordan River, whatever it is, as on dry ground. Do you believe me? I think that's the way it is. God doesn't leave us to flounder around hopelessly. If we are, I think it's our fault. Will my relationship, I asked myself this morning, will my relationship with God see me safely through to the other side into eternity? God is going to be faithful. I need to be faithful. John 17, I, I thought of the, the high priestly prayer that Jesus prayed for you and I. And I always, this is a favorite passage of mine as I think of, of Jesus praying specifically for you and I here in our 21st century setting today. John 17, verse 21, is one verse that I want to pick out particularly. That they all may be one, as thou, Father, art in me, and I in thee. That they also may be one in us, that the world may believe that thou hast sent me. Now, that verse contains a, a ton of material in relation to what our relationship with God ought to be like. Jesus, I, I would hope that our relationship could be, uh, our relationship with God could be like the God, the Father, God, the Son, and God, the Holy Spirit. We never see them in conflict. We never see them uh, in disagreement. They're working together. Their plan, their purpose, their entire uh, 
You know, why did God create the world, create the universe? You know, God created the world for a purpose, and he created, created you and I for and placed us on that honor and glory for him. God wants a relationship with us. God wants us to experience fellowship. According to verse 21 here, that they all may be one, as thou, Father, art in me, and I in thee, that they all... Go back to my example of the man in O'Hara. He was living that out. He went back, helped the blind girl pick up her produce and set the stand up again so the world would believe that Jesus was here. Can God believe us? Can the world believe us as we portray the love of Christ? It comes down to a relationship. What is my relationship, God? Is it important? Is it what it ought to be? I believe in, in answer to my question, we can have a relationship like Moses had, and I believe even more than Moses if we're willing to make the commitment. Moses made a commitment, came through, true. It was a learning curve, it was a process, but each one of us, I believe, if we're honest, have a learning curve and a process too. But God is, is, will continue to work in our lives for His glory.